sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace the work hard, smile large vibe. All right. It's time to welcome Jordan Wessel to the newest episode of the Work Hard, Smile Large podcast. I am your host and founder, Nicole Christofferson. And Jordan has been doing amazing things for many years, just celebrated a really big birthday that she is candidly talking about and vulnerably talking about. And she has a podcast called More Than Ink, and she's going to just take it away. Tell us a little bit more. Whew. Goodness, where to start? So as you said, I'm Jordan Wessel slash Canova, newly married, still trying to figure that whole thing out. And I'm the founder and CEO of More Than Inc. I'm the host of the I Am More Than podcast. I recently launched a digital confidence course called The Fundamentals of Confidence. I'm a professional model and a former Miss Arizona USA. So I've done a lot in the last 10 years. I know. And that's what your latest episode really talked about was you know, summarizing your last 10 years and that evolution. And I know I talk a lot about my evolution in the last two years, but taking a whole decade is a lot. Yeah. And you just kind of summarized everything you've done in 10 years post-graduation, right? Because we kind of start putting our feet out into the world during that time and discovering who we are and honing in on our strengths, but um, also learning what our weaknesses are. Right? Plenty of those. <laughs> There's everybody has them, right? Yeah. So we don't have it all figured out. And I really don't even know where to start today. Like, let's talk about podcast hosts. Like, how did you get to Oof. podcast three so, years ago? Three years ago. It really the idea for the podcast started three years ago solely because COVID had hit and I just got my business license. There was supposed to be in-person events in New York City. And obviously we couldn't do that. So I'm like, well, I just did all this work and my career as a model basically vanished overnight. So I Googled, how do you start a podcast? And I went in my mom's closet and figured out how to record and upload. And it kind of grew into this beautiful community that I wanted. I just didn't. I had all those limiting beliefs, right? I didn't think I knew how to create a podcast. Just that imposter syndrome. Because totally. you think of like instant fame and you don't want to be a failure and all those yep. things of starting something new. Felt it many times and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have, but you started. That's the biggest thing. I started and I felt like an imposter the entire time, but I started and I figured it out. And I think once I proved to myself that I was capable of figuring out something that I had all those limiting beliefs, like you don't know how to do this. Unfamiliar territory. Exactly. And then once it started gaining momentum, I'm like, okay, I'm on the right track here. And that was three years ago. Who was your audience then? Because I want our listeners and I want to understand like who your audience is, because when you start something and what your vision is for it, your audience and your guests and your experiences guide that. So you're so tell me like because I'm sure it's evolved over the last three years. You were a model. You were living in a big, gorgeous city. Mm-hmm. Your audience when you first started the podcast was really a lot of <laughs> it's a funny gap because it was the models that I was working with throughout my career. And then it was like my hometown friends and the ones that I went to college with. And the thought for the podcast really was that I was going on this mental health journey where it was such a secret. And when I started opening up to my model friends in the industry about it, they all started opening up that they were struggling in silence. And then I brought it up to my friends that were in my hometown and they're like, oh, my God, I feel the same way. And it was like, how do I bridge these two gaps? Because they're putting these women that are in billboards on a pedestal, not realizing they're struggling with the exact same thing. So the idea of the podcast in the beginning was how do I bridge that gap and help these women understand that we're all going through the same thing? And if we can support and encourage and just talk about it. And it's not a negative thing. It's not a negative thing. To be growing and evolving and pivoting and pivoting at a time in the world was pivoting. Mm -hmm. That It's normal. Yep. And it doesn't need to have the negative connotation. It can have struggles and challenges. Exactly. So you were tying your two communities together. Very similar to how I'm tying my two communities together with Work Hard, Smile, Large. I love that. And that's how the most beautiful things are really born, right? And I think I always say I am my target demographic because I was in my mid-20s changing. I was becoming a different person. I was on a mental health journey. I was working on my confidence. Our country was in such turmoil at the time that I was wanting to learn about social issues. And I knew my community would want to know the same thing. So every time I'd ask myself, like, what do I want to hear? What do I want to learn about today? And then I'd find somebody and bring them on and people would resonate with them. And then they'd bring in their communities. And it just became this really inclusive environment where people were just learning and growing together. And that's 
the most beautiful thing that I'm most proud of from it because I feel like it's a very non-judgmental open space. Absolutely. And I'm proud of that. Super proud of it. And now it's grown because it's grown so much. This is the best part about getting to meet and connect with new guests and new boss babes (laughs) and boss men that I get to meet here is that it grows and changes as your life grows and changes. Yeah. Because now you're a wife. And you're living, you know, nearby your family, you've relocated and stuff. And your audience now tends to be. Yeah, a lot of Austin locals now and a lot of business women and a lot of women that are wanting to start their own passion project or their own business and have kind of looked towards what I've done for guidance, which is funny when you feel that evolution of like, I never thought what I was doing mattered to anybody more than just me. And now when you can guide people and encourage people to go for the things that they actually want, it's been a cool shift because the whole time you still have that imposter syndrome. Like, is what I'm doing matter? Mattering to anybody. But you had done the groundwork. Yes. And then we collaborate and we share what our groundwork was and we help each other bridge little gaps. And that is so powerful. Exactly. And surrounding yourself with women that know more than you do. I think that's the phase that I'm in right now where it's like, okay, I've taken myself as far as I can and poured as much as I can and the knowledge and the wisdom that I have, but I'm only 30 years old. I can't give wisdom past that because I haven't lived it. Now it's time to ask the questions and hear the wisdom shared with you. And be open to hearing it and to pivoting not only personally, but also professionally. Yeah. And locally in Austin, like when you say you're connecting with female founders and females in business and and your Austin community has grown... How is that happening? Where? Because we have very similar journeys. Yeah. So like, where is that happening? Honestly, just putting myself out there and going to events by myself. Got It's how it all started. Like networking events. Everything started on social media originally where I'm cold DMing girls that I knew lived in uh, Arizona, where do I live now? Texas. (laughs) Um, Cold DMing girls in Texas just being like, hey, I just moved here. Would love to meet up and grab coffee. I met one of them that's connected to all these events. And then she'd be like, hey, I'm going to this event. Hey, mind if I tag along and show up and just try and meet and network that way. And I think putting yourself out there is the only way that you're actually going to connect with people. And it's something that I feel like I can only really do because I was used to doing it in New York. And now here in Texas, we're just a little bit more spread out. But there's so much going on. There is. There's so much going on, but you don't know about what's going on until you know the people that are involved. Don't because it is so spread out. So it's such a, a varied community, right? Mm-hmm. You you have so many different lifestyles and home styles and little town styles that are surround the Austin metro area, um, but you realize it's ultimately a melting pot. It's such a melting and pot. And majority which I love. of people, fortunately, come from somewhere and have a story to share mm-hmm. and are contributing in their unique ways too. Yeah. It's and a really so cool crazy. place. Every time I host an episode and I get to meet a new guest, and let me tell you, listeners, my assistant put Jordan and I together and brought Jordan on the podcast for me today. And she's like, I found this person. She's so amazing. You have to meet her. I met people the exact same way when I moved to Austin. I, love I had not started the podcast and I had not started Work Hard, Smile Large. And something just kept coming across my feed because, you know, those fun algorithms. And oh, I'm like, yeah. She seems really cool. I need to meet her. And sure enough, I've set up different little coffee dates with these awesome women, some of which have already been guests on the show. And that's where my community here really started growing. I love that. We're all wanting the same thing. Everyone wants to connect with other powerful women and learn from each other and build relationships. And it's the power, the positive impact of social media because there's so much negative and competition and pressure and things like that. But it's the positive impact that it gives us that connection that we would not have had. Exactly. And it just expands your mind to people that you wouldn't cross paths with unless you were intentional about crossing paths with them. And I think just putting yourself out there has been the biggest lesson that I've learned more than ever in my life moving to Texas because it really was starting from nothing. I have my family out in Round Rock, but none of my family in the industry that I'm in. She's got family here. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But coming and just not knowing any type of friends. And I didn't have a business when I got here. I had a podcast that I was doing for fun, but I was still modeling full time. So I was traveling. So when, and, when everything went back to yeah. normal-ish, you started modeling again. And I started doing a lot of virtual modeling throughout COVID, which was brand new. So I was in the fit modeling space. Basically, when they like take a garment and fit it to your body and then mass produce it, not like the exercise fit model. Okay. And that was my bread and butter. 
in New York. And obviously we couldn't all meet, but people still needed to make clothes. So I started becoming part of the seamstress and the model and the photographer and everything in my little office. And that was taking up most of my time. And I liked bits and pieces of it, but the podcast is what fueled me. You need people. That was why you liked modeling, being exactly. around. The, it's not just the people that you're modeling for and with. It's the people that put the whole production together. Exactly. Right. To support you throughout that whole process, too. I'm just connecting with people. Yeah. I miss that. So podcast, new course. Can we talk yeah. about the newest? The newest, the latest, the, the latest greatest. and greatest, because <laughs> I want our listeners to hear what you've chosen to share with others. And I also really want to hear some of the tools and tricks and what you're using in your course that pertain to like maybe not the positive stuff about social media. Because yeah. we're sitting here talking about how it's a communication tool yeah, and how it really introduced us to our community and guides us, you know, on our adventure in our new communities or with different people and experiences. But let's talk about your course a little bit. So when I had, again, launched the podcast, it was more to, there was four pillars. It was mental health, body image and confidence, social issues and health and wellness. Really the categories that I wanted to grow in my personal life on. And whenever body image or confidence would get brought up, it was such a powerful subject with whoever I was interviewing. And that's what our listeners were connecting with. And I realized everybody to some degree, women especially, are struggling with their self-esteem and their confidence, but nobody's talking about it. Because it's also when you're just meeting somebody for the first time, how are you going to be like, hey, I really struggled getting dressed this morning. Like I am playing negative thoughts over and over in my mind and I'm trying my best to like put a best foot forward. You don't say that. And so I started realizing in my personal life that I was doing these tools daily to increase my self-esteem, increase my confidence. And I thought this was just common knowledge. I thought everybody did this stuff. And when I started opening up about it, people were like, hey, can you put this somewhere so that I can refer back to it? Or is this how I should be doing a morning routine? Or how do you work on your mindset? And I realized that confidence was that foundation piece. That when you're confident, your relationships are going to improve. You're going to become a better woman, partner, wife, parent, businesswoman. You're going to go for the things that you want. So I'm like, okay, how do I have confidence in a way that can be easily implemented into any stage of life? And that's where the fundamentals of confidence came in. So I wrote a curriculum of 10 different videos over 10 different subjects. I flew in my best friend that's a photographer. I got a studio, a videographer, and we like highly produced this curriculum because I wanted it to be something that was packed with all of the knowledge and wisdom. I didn't hold anything back <laughs> because I wanted it to value. Yeah. And you've done people. the journey. You've done the work. I've done it. Like you took... A, a sabbatical, whatever I want to call it, where yeah. you took time off to really find out what was weighing on you. Exactly. And to really hone in on that. And I've talked about this in other episodes and I, I can't ever talk about it enough with my team or with the people that I surround myself with, but like your daily routines and how you treat yourself and what you do um, with your health and your purpose is going to bleed into everything else in your day. Like I... If I have a bad morning or I have a hard start, it's hard for me to click into gear and feel comfortable in whatever I'm wearing. If if I don't work out, you know, four to five days a week, I know my clothes aren't going to fit the same if I'm not eating the same diet that I normally should be eating. And it's not boring staying on track because you're you're bleeding into the next day, feeling better from the day before. So there's no like monotonous routine to it. Yeah. It's just consistency. And so when anybody talks to me about like, these new diets they're doing or, oh, this, I need to have this or I need to do that. or And I just go like, God, if they were just consistent with their lifestyle, I don't think they would have that many judgments on themselves. I look at it like self-judgment. Like yes. They're always having to tweak things and always it looking is. for a short fix. And and we all have speed bumps and we all have the roller coaster of how everything goes. But if you can try and keep those things consistent and wake up every day, and I, I call it have your best day ever. And however you start it, it's up to you how you finish it. You know what I mean? And what you let impact you and stuff. But yeah, um, it's super powerful. And I don't even know that I found that until I was probably in my mid-30s. And that's the most interesting part. And the biggest message that I really try and dive into throughout this confidence course is because when people hear confidence, they think superficial means. And my biggest thing is at what age do we begin to self-discover? 
at what age do we understand why we think, feel, react, act the way that we do? Mm -hmm. We just go about our days wanting things. Why do you want that? Well, I don't know. Have you ever thought about it? Like taking that intentionality or I want confidence. Okay, well, where is that coming from? What does that mean to you? We don't take time to actually know ourselves and to understand what's important to us and what makes us us. And I think when you take a step back and you're intentional about that and throughout the course, I'm asking very targeted questions. The first episode is defining your why. What is your why? You're all about this. So <laughs> anybody that knows me um, or that has talked to me about real estate or wanted to join the team or anything, the first thing anyone has to do is determine what their why is. Love that. And we circle back to it a lot. Because that's your roadmap. When things get hard, if you don't have a strong enough why, you're not going to stick to it. And especially when people look at something like implementing a course, you're having to be self-motivated in the sense that you actually have to apply this stuff. Buying the course is not going to transform your life. Implementing this stuff is going to transform your life. But you're going to want to give up because it gets hard and because you're going to have to ask yourself questions you never have. Be really honest with yourself. You have to be. But that's the only way that you're going to get to that next level. That's the only way you're going to live a fulfilled life. And once we define your why, our next episode, we go into your mindset, which is really the foundation of everything. And we really try and understand what are your negative thoughts and how do we rewire them? I take you through an exercise. Like what is a negative thought that has continuously been stuck in your head? My biggest one my whole life is fear of sounding stupid because I have dyslexia. And so it's always been in the back of my mind, like if I have to read out loud or if I'm public speaking, hey, don't sound stupid, don't sound stupid. And instead, I take it out whenever I hear that. I write it down. I remember where that thought came from. I cross it out and I rewire it. So now every time that thought pops in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not. And I just went through this um, workshop yesterday, which was phenomenal. Um, Phil Jones has a book, Exactly What to Say. And a good friend of mine is a coach. So she came out and did a two, three hour workshop on the words we use and the questions Mm. we ask and rewiring ourselves. And so um, to share a little tidbit of that with you is changing out certain words, just switching a certain word. Like I always used to say, our team or my team or my, and it's the, just changing one little word and saying the, and just like change, switching your word choices. And I've already started doing it in the last 24 hours. Yeah. And how I was talking today to going through like my stuff for the day and reviewing all of our tasks and things. And I started switching out the word my with the, mm, you know what I mean? I saying, like that. So saying, you know. If you switch the, it sounds more grand. It has its own power, right? It's something that looks a little bit better than just saying it's mine. Like I have possession of this. Mm -hmm. So that is a word that I'm switching, but that's probably something that plays into your playbook. Oh, it absolutely does. And there's probably key words that are common Mm -hmm. throughout that process of identifying your... Yeah. Yeah. And how we think is it dictates everything, right? Your thoughts become your beliefs. Your beliefs become your actions. Actions become habits. Habits dictate your life. So people want to dive into, well, I'm just going to start this new diet or I'm going to start working out every day or I'm going to build this empire where you're not doing the work backwards. We got to start with your thoughts. And then once that's ingrained, then everything starts working together. And then sometimes you have weeks where you're ill or you're sick or you're tired and Mm -hmm. then you have to come back, you know, two steps back to that step and start over again. Back to your foundation. every journey is perfect. Yeah, exactly. Not every journey. I have forced myself to work out at 5.30 a.m. this whole entire week because I have not been working out that early. And I know that my workouts have gotten harder because I'm not doing the time that's best for me. And now I'm day three into it and it's, feels good. Well, you practice discipline. Now I didn't have to rely on motivation. Now I had didn't have to think all day long. Like, you know, "Mm, I didn't get that good workout. Mm, Wish I would have worked out today. Mm," You know what I mean? Because then it carries through all day long for an example for our listeners. I mean, those little things and whether I work out for 20 minutes or, you know, hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. You got to set yourself up for success. It's done. It's a check and it's it's completed and accomplished. Yeah. So I don't judge that either anymore. Well, you know what's going to set you up for success. You know what feels good. And I think that's because you've done the work. You know yourself on a deeper level where if you don't, then you're just going to be like throwing spaghetti to a wall and being like, well, let's see what sticks. And if it doesn't stick, then you're hard on yourself. And that's not productive for anybody. Not at all. 
You know, that's back to that negative self-talk. And I'm just going to circle this back one more time because I want you to keep talking about the course. But, you know, you've accomplished this because I think about my journey in life and my career and my education. We both are alumni from the same college. Oh, yeah. Go Sun Devils. Um, And when I was in my 20s, I had started my real estate career and I was an entrepreneur and I met my husband and all those fun things. But I just think technology wasn't a big part of my life Mm -hmm. to give me the access to hear these these tools that I could have been using or um, other people's experiences that could have helped me find my identity in my business quicker or my strengths or my weaknesses or anything like that. And so I, here I am seeing a decade of um, time bridged or gapped, right, between you and I and our careers. And that's really important for me to keep relaying to our listeners and really resonating or reflecting on in my life because I really feel like our youth are going to be able to have time bridged for them with this access and with this vulnerability and how much is out there for them. It's choosing the right stuff to listen to, right? I think so too. Um, But I'm just looking at that just being such a positive thing for our future. I think so too. And it's really, you got to be selective with what you choose to consume and who you choose to listen to, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's hard, especially when we're talking to youth. And if we're talking middle school, high school, I can't imagine having unlimited access at my fingertips. I didn't have that. And you sure as heck didn't have that. Like, this is new stuff. Girl, I didn't even email or have any way of connecting with my friends other than my flip phone. Oh, yeah. When I left college. Let's talk about this. This is like our demo. This is our age difference right now. I love that. Right. And then like email kind of came about. Mm -hmm. We're using email more and more. And so that's where I entered. Yeah. My adult, my adult life and my career. I do. I think there's something so spe- special about that because it's you learned how to do things and get access just to stuff communicate that you really with people wanted. differently. So you I have to tell so people, no, just pick up the phone and call. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to be a text right now. Pick up the phone and call. Let's try and get a voice. Like that's more important because then you have that human connection. Um, and same with my kids too. There's a lot of times where I'm like, phone's down. I'm taking it. Or my husband, I'm like, phone's off. We're done. Good. You know, I think you do a tech reset. I have weekly. to. Weekly. Yeah. And it's just gotten to a point where so much of my business that I've built for myself is through my phone. So I see the beauty in it so much, but I also can catch myself being like this. I'm over consuming so much that I don't need to. And also being honest with myself, like how much of this is for pleasure and how much of this is for work and then shutting off completely at least one day a week. Yeah. And it doesn't feel great business-wise, because I'm like, there's so much I could be doing. But you just constantly have to remember that you're choosing to consume something. And I think that if I would draining you every time you're on there rather than refueling you. Just like your battery drains when you're on it, it's draining your energy. Mm -hmm. So I try and really look at that as an indicator too. like, okay, there's a little bit too much time on here. I need to go refuel another way. I have a question because um, this is something that I feel is unique to each person. Where do you put your phone when you sleep at night? Right next to my bed, which is not a great thing because I'm using it as my alarm clock still. And I need to get one of those little hatch things. And so my phone is in a different room because I do think that would help me. But I've gotten into a routine of I put my phone on do not disturb as soon as I'm done working, which it's been later and later the last chapter that I've been in, but around like 738, I don't touch my phone anymore. And so I try to just like keep it there and not have it be a tempting thing for me. But when it's not on and I'm not getting any text messages or notifications, I'm not really missing out. But I'd like to put it in another room. What about you? I go back and forth because I am not a huge fan of watching TV. I like to like multitask while the TV's on because that's a lot of our downtime. My husband and I at night after the kids go to bed and they even watch their TV on 30 minutes on a timer just to kind of, you know, have some background noise and they fall asleep to it. That's how we raise them. Um, But I typically in my best routines when I'm getting up and doing the work for myself and stealing my quiet time regularly, um, my phone has do not disturb. It automatically goes into do not disturb because I have that sleep mode on my clock. Yeah, I do too. So my optimal sleep or whatever. So it usually goes on do not disturb around like 9.30ish because remember, I'm still playing with Pacific time zone too. So I have to yep. um, you gotta be working and family and things like that. And so it goes into that mode. And I only have my safe, like my certain people that can call through after that time. 
but I put my phone in my bathroom. So it's in my room. It's in my bathroom. It's far enough away that I have to get out of bed when my alarm clock goes off and I have to go to it. And I put my workout clothes right next to it. Setting yourself up for success. And so when I put it next to my nightstand, which I did go through a habit of that for the last month or so as the kids were transitioning back into school and I was so off on my morning routine, but I knew that was my job. Yeah. They needed me. And now that they're in their routine, I've had the conversations with them about how I'm starting my day because of how they've been adjusting. And now we're adjusted together and they're not shouting in the morning and they're not, you know, they're not doing the things that were like them falling into their routine anymore because they're in their routine. And so I put my phone farther away from me again. And that's how I'm getting back on it. But and then I'm also not scrolling it at night. <laughs> My brain's shutting down sooner. I'm picking up the book at night rather than just in the morning. Yep. And so I don't put it out of the room just in case there was an emergency call or anything mm-hmm. like that. Because I want my parents and certain family members that can call through to be able to get to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it has to be as far away from my bed as I can in my room. Plugged That's in, very charged. smart. Mm-hmm. I should probably and take some notes on that one. is the workout clothes next to it. Yes. I... Fully agree with that. that one. I have to have my that. Light out. Otherwise, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't go in the closet and turn the light on. That only came up, and I'm and I always make all these little things. Like, let me just sneak out. I'm like, if I just take the, and I'll even take the clothes with me yep. and go make my coffee and put my clothes on in the pantry. That's exactly what I do. It's like, it's <laughs> exactly what I do. Why not? I love my it. house. You know you, what? You can exactly. do whatever you, you can do it. Everyone. I've been trying to incorporate into a bunch of different areas of my life, but especially when it comes to my morning routine, just because I am not a morning person. I want to be, so I'm working to be one. Is your spouse a morning person? Yes. Okay, so it's so funny opposites attract. Oh, he is up at 6 a.m. and he's off at the gym. And I have been having a really difficult time sleeping. Again, just I think it's this chapter. Stuff on your mind. A lot of stuff on my mind and I'm a night owl. I'm like, I could be up until one, two in the morning and be fine with it. But I'm trying to get into this routine of like unwinding and reading my book and trying to fall asleep. But my deepest sleep is after I hear him leave for the gym. And so when my alarm goes off at 730, I'm like, oh, God, it just really like jolts me. And I'm like, OK, I'm just going to snooze, especially when you work for yourself. You're like, yeah, but if it's not by your bed, you're not going to snooze. You're exactly right. That's what I but fall into, the snooze trap. Oh, it's a trap. And I have like multiple alarms with I different ringers and I will snooze every single one of them until yeah. I do, too. I have three different ones. And I'm the mom. And then I'm like, okay, she's got 20 minutes to get dressed and get out this door. I'm like, you're like, well, I wish she can do this. She does. I mean, really bubbly. I'm going to turn some music on. Like, <laughs> she can do this. And then I'm starting my day in like fight or flight mode. Like, is she going to make the bus to drive her to school? And oh, I'm like, oh, that's the worst way to start. That's the worst way to start. It is. I've been trying to implement, implement the Mel Robbins five second rule. And so have you heard about this? So I'm a big Mel Robbins fan. Absolutely love her. And so this is one of the things that we teach throughout the course too, is she was in the middle of her life kind of falling apart in her mid-40s and they were in a lot of debt. She had lost her job, all these things. And she was drinking one night and saw the rocket launch of the 54321 getting off. And she in her drunken mind was like, tomorrow morning when that alarm goes off, I'm going to do 54321. I'm going to get up no matter what. The following morning, she did that. She kept doing it. Come to find out there's scientific research backing it that you have five seconds before your mind will start talking you out of something. So if you do something, if you set an alarm and you don't allow yourself to have more than five seconds before you move, you're not going to get stuck. Yeah. So I've been trying to do that anytime I don't want to do something. I turn my snoozes off. My alarms don't have snoozes right now. So if I I miss an alarm, then yeah, you can choose if you have snooze option or not. Hmm. Yeah. So now I'm now I know Uh I don't have snooze because I didn't give myself that option anymore. And I'm in a reset phase. Mm-hmm. I didn't give myself the option. Taking notes. I know. I'll implement that one. <laughs> Shoot. And then when I need the snooze option, we'll go back on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Different um, seasons. <laughs> no, I'm in control. So reading has been a big part of me kind of detaching from my business and my planning and my, you know, all the balls that I like to juggle because I just love what I do. Um, and I've started reading a lot more this year and you've touched on the fact that you've been reading too. And that's been a, a part of you detaching from the business and your yeah. technology and stuff. What are you reading? Ooh, talk about some books. So many things. So this year in particular, my sister is an eighth grade uh, English teacher. And so she is reading constantly and she's been just hounding me with books forever that I've never touched because I always did like self-help books before going to bed, but my mind wouldn't shut off. So just this year, I'm like, okay, I'll dabble. I've read all the Colleen Hoover books. 
Have you read those yet? Verity was my second one and so it shook me. That was one that somebody recommended to me this year. She's like, oh, it's kind of sassy and risque. And I started reading it and I was like, how is this? Because I read a lot of other um, novels and this was not. As a mom reading that, I would think it would be really difficult. It just wasn't what I thought it was going to be based on how it was shared with me. But I know everybody loves reading her books. And I think to my demise, like, I don't want to read another one of her books. I don't blame you. So that one is so opposite of all the other ones that I've read. The other ones are all like really romance driven. And that's why I went in and read Verity. I read it in like two days and was shook and couldn't sleep and was like, nah, I don't I know. I wake up one. in the morning and I was like, it was like rainy days, like when it was raining here in Austin. And and I was like, I have to finish this. Like, it has to get better. And I was just like, oh, yeah, it's a very specific type of book. <laughs> but I started It Ends With Us with her. And I read that one in a day. Loved it. And then the sequel is It Starts With Us. And that got me on my whole romance kick. So I'm really romance is like what does it for me right now because I just completely shut off. I go to sleep like feeling happy yeah. and good. And I switched back over this year because I put it on my vision map. I was like, I'm going to read. I think it says I'll, I'll post what I put on my vision map in the video of this episode. But I think it was like six books or something like that this year. And I think I've read close to 20. Good for you. I know. And I've surprised myself. That's awesome. Because there'll be like a little like I call it slut novel series that like one of my friends told me about. And it's yeah. not that I wanted to read about that. It's about that it's like mindless and they're entrepreneurs and they're in a certain city and they're doing certain things in like entertainment industry or business and lawyers. And so like all of it just takes me out of like what I'm thinking about in my business. And it's such a quick read, but I keep them on my phone. Oh. Because I also had like um um, like good to great, all all those books stacked in our house that we've always bought. We started and haven't finished, and ones that I pick up and read, and I chapter hop through all of them. But I never finish them, book like cover to cover. So having them on my phone was my new trick to kind of get myself reading more. Because if I was waiting somewhere, I'd be like, okay, I could scroll social media or I could read a couple pages. And so then I switched from scrolling stuff so much to just reading a little bit on my phone. And then I went like, oh, you know what? I don't want to be on my phone as much as I'm on my phone. I yeah. get that I'm reading more. So let me pick up a book that somebody gave me. Yeah. And so then I picked up a book that somebody gave me that I had never read. That was like a biography. And I was like, whoa, I can't believe that's just been sitting there for a couple of years. So then yeah. I just started going and finding books that like we had been saving that are like decoration. Yeah. And reading those. I love that. So it's so funny what motivates us, right? Oh, yes. But the need to kind of like detach from technology is so interesting and finding that awareness. Yeah. When do you find that awareness? When you start getting yelled at by your spouse because you're on your phone too much or your kids tell you you're on your phone too much? I mean, when do you find out that you're too tech connected? Oh, when, I, when I could feel myself getting so drained. And also when I teach so much about like take social media, especially for what it is. It's supposed to be entertainment. It's supposed to be a highlight reel. But the more I'm on it, the more I can even slip back into like old thought patterns of being like, why didn't I go to Europe this summer? Or like, why don't I have a designer handbag like that? Or why don't, then I'm like, why am I doing this comparison thing? I'm spending too much time. I got to detach. So do you save stuff? Because I'm, I'm realizing a couple like tricks or things that I've been doing lately. So I garden. Ooh. Like I have an awesome garden. Love. I love, I love you got a green growing thumb. food that we eat. That's awesome. Um, yes. But I've been doing these buckets or like saving things into these categories in my social media that are things that help what I'm already doing. So whether it's a recipe, oh yeah, because it's football season now, or it's a holiday decoration thing that I want to try, or a craft project I want to try, or um, gardening stuff. Like so, that's what I've been doing, and so my my scrolling and all my algorithm and everything has totally changed. Yeah. Because it picks up on that. It's like research. Oh, yeah. Rather than going through and doing the stalking. Yep. The stalking of the people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I put mine in folders as well. And then same with even like I've been spending a lot of time on TikTok lately and seeing how like my algorithm algorithm will change with that. And then I've been on a Pinterest kick 
again. So I love my Pinterest, which just feels a little bit more, I don't wholesome to yeah. me than getting on Instagram. Yeah. And so just trying to find like, well, then you boundaries. go down the rabbit holes with that where you're like, and where can I find that? And then oh, you're onto that page and then you're onto that page. And I'm like, nope, go back, go back. Go the back. internet's a wonderful, <laughs> wild place. <laughs> it's so funny. It truly is. So where can we pivot to now? Because I am here. You're a year in. I've been here for two and a half years. Yeah. You're tackling all your goals. You're helping other women. Yep. You're growing your community. Um, but you're a year into your marriage. Yeah. So welcome to so married wild. life. Thank you. I love it. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> so good. It is. And you I'm got married so right good. around when I got married. So Yeah. Which I I personally loved waiting a little longer. I was with my husband for six years. I don't know how long were you with your husband before you I got was married? Mad about three and a half years okay. before we got married. So having some time that I feel like just living life together. And we've been together most of my 20s. And so I feel like he's been able to watch the journey that I've been on. And he's had his own separate journey as well. And seeing how we've been able to form and build this life together. And now having a marriage together based off of all the fulfilling things that we did prior to that has been so fun. And I never thought marriage would be fun. So I'm very pleasantly, happily surprised that it's the best thing ever. And it's tossed me about that. You never thought marriage would be fun. I did not grow up with an example of a very loving, healthy relationship. My parents are wonderful people, but they divorced when I was in. They separated when I was 19. I think they divorced when I was in my mid 20s. And my husband's also from a divorced family. A lot of the people that were around are just divorced family. And they're very amazing individuals that just couldn't make marriage work. And I had this underlying idea that marriage is just hard. It's hard work and just going through hard stuff together all the time. That's basically what I correlated the two. And then my partnership with my husband has just always been the easiest relationship I've ever had in my life. And I didn't want it to change. Well, every relationship has its struggle. Always. I mean, I, it's an uncomfortable subject to talk about because everybody keeps their privacy, right, yeah. at different levels um, in their life. But when you truly do know that you've taken the time to identify your best friend and you know your commonalities and you come back to it just like you do your healthcare routine. Yeah. You know, and you know you're going to have struggles. There are going to be harder times. You are going to have to help each other through things Always. or yep. out of things or into things or whatever is going to happen. But it's a journey. It's just a like it's a journey, journey for ourselves, mm -hmm. you know. An underlying ease to two people that are on the same team and are working towards the same thing. And I think that my idea of what I had always seen where they were working towards the same goal, but not together. And now being able to kind of have that together, that even in hard seasons, like we've gone through deaths and job changes and job losses and moving states and moving. I think we've moved together almost 14 times. You see the best and the worst in people, but still at the end of the day, it's like you are the person that I feel the most ease around mm -hmm. and that I love more than anyone. Yep. And that was such a comforting thing to me because I just didn't think that relationships could be easy. Yeah. And so it's been refreshing. And I've actually turned to TikTok a lot lately, sharing my experience while dating back nine years and going till now, because I think there's so many people under that same impression. That was one of the things that I took away from your last podcast episode, too, because you're like, we don't let things just fester. No. Like, you especially in your relationship. Yeah. You talk about it. Mm -hmm. You say what you like and don't like about it and how you're going to move forward. Like, And it's addressed and it's done but and you don't dwell on it. You can't. No. That's how resentment builds. Mm -hmm. And I just I don't want that in my life. I really want to just be able to live my life with like an ease and a light and a happiness to it. And anytime there's something that is uncomfortable, yeah. when that's addressed quickly, you don't harbor feelings anymore. There is a negative, some negative connotation put to husband and wife and marriage and things like that. And that it's that it's not a friendship. Yeah. And I think that's where my husband, like our relationship, like we always say you're my best friend and it's always portrayed that way. And yeah. People will make comments like, well, you guys go on dates all the time. You do stuff. And it's like, yeah, I totally want to go on a date. Like, I want to go out with my best friend. I don't yep. always want to be a mom. Like, That's I don't a always want to be the homeowner with him. Like, mm -hmm. I want to get out and date him still and do the and fun, fun stuff that, like, is fun. 
our conversations are different. Everything's fun. So yeah, I think that's really important to have that. Like you would talk to your best friend. Exactly. It doesn't have to change. And I think just embracing being so multifaceted that you in particular, you wear so many different roles and you're so many things to so many different people, but you still have to fill up your cup as well. Oh, yeah. And you're going to do that differently in being a mom and being a wife and being a spouse and being a partner and being a business owner. They all require different parts of you. But how are you filling your cup back up? It doesn't always have to be draining. And we share a lot of roles like you're like you, you have would to. with your best friend. There is not like, oh, no, she's going to do this. And I'm going to do that. Like, especially through relocating and and getting settled in a new place and in a community, we had to share a lot more roles. And so. And let's talk about this. My husband and I both being entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and both working a lot throughout our child, like our children's, um, you know, upbringing and stuff like that and always having help nannies and things like that to help us when we weren't home as much because our work style was so different Mm -hmm. pre-COVID. Now it's we are very intentional about the time that we are present with our children and we toggle that with each other. Yeah. And we know we're not getting enough time, not even just with our children, in our home doing the things that need to be done. So you feel like you're there because we don't want to look back on time and say we missed it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've kind of been living by this motto lately and I don't have children, but how I've I, I have a fur baby who is my whole life, who is my whole life. But I've been living by this motto lately that life is really short. Yes. But life's also really long that you can look at a long term goal while still enjoying being present with the things you have now. So I'm trying really hard to have that intentionality with the people that are really important to me to be prioritizing the things that fill me up while also working really hard at the same time. And I think you can have both. But we've kind of been sold this I don't want to say lie, but a lie that you can't have it all. You may not have it all at the same time, but you don't just have to be one thing. You can constantly play with the balance. Always. I mean, we're always talking about the work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on in life and you have a little bit more time to put into work. And sometimes work has a little bit more going on and you're going to take a little bit away from your life, but you're going to rebalance it when you know it's out of balance. Exactly. And just being intentional. Yeah. You know, just not letting life pass you by and then looking back and being like, well, crap, I missed all of that. Yeah. Just being present, I think, is something that a lot of us don't know we're in the good old days until they passed. And I don't want to live that way. So I try and be really present about the fact that, like, there will be a time that I look back at this chapter and I will be like, those were the good old days. But I'm enjoying them while I'm in them. Yes and no. Yes and no. I don't look back. I think all of the past experiences, adventures, everything that happened in me. I would never say those were the good days. <laughs> I would just say those were awesome. And I wouldn't be here if I didn't have those. Yeah. Like, I used to jump on a plane and go to Playa del Carmen all the time. Yeah. Because I had no husband. I had no kids. It was so fun to run on the beach and do all those things. But yeah. like that doesn't fill my cup anymore, oh, even totally. though it appears to be super fun and all that kind of stuff. So um, they all take us different places. And because of those experiences, we keep yeah. adventuring. I mean, moving I, 14 times. But enjoying every different stage, yeah. right? Like you're a very different person now than you were 10 years ago. I'm an entirely different person than I was one year ago. That like you're constantly changing and evolving. But I don't feel like at this stage, when I look back, it's like, God, I, I didn't enjoy it. I'm like, no, I'm enjoying every season differently because that's what makes up a fulfilled life. Let's talk to our audience right now and to our listeners, because we could probably talk about our life a ton and how similar we are. And yes, we could. And how much there is to um, continue to help ourselves and grow with. What's next? What's going to be next kind of in this upcoming phase of my life is I'm really trying to hustle as much as I can to expand the confidence course and to build the more than community because I want to get it in the hands of as many women as possible and set those bones. I feel like I'm very much still in a foundational phase that I want it to grow to a point that I can have a team and have it take on a life that is not just me. I want it to be bigger than myself. That's awesome. Yeah. It does. It takes a team. It. You only have so much time and so much energy to go around. What about taking it back? Because this just popped in my head to the beginning and wanting to do events. Oh, I would love to be able to do events constantly. I love panel style events, but I also what got the events in my mind to begin with is there's all these business networking events and conferences and panels, right? Which are great when you're wanting to grow your career. 
but there's really none for talking about mental health or confidence or the things we're doing every day to just try and take care of ourselves and connecting with women on that deeper level. So that's my vision of being able to do events where it's more women meeting other like-minded women and being able to have those more in-depth conversations that just aren't always career driven. Exactly. Because everybody goes with such a sales purpose Mm -hmm. to a lot of the networking events, but why not go to it with such like a wholesome purpose that you want to walk away more understanding of yourself and the people that you're surrounding yourself with and what is happening and how to be stronger together. Yeah. Exactly. And every time we end an episode, it's always so funny because I'm like, okay, so what can we do together? So you want to do an event. I want to do a Boss Babes event. But my Boss Babes event aren't about us selling each other stuff to each other. And I'm like, so we're going to have to come together and create (laughs) create something a little bit better. Maybe to carry people. Maybe it's not through the holidays. Maybe it's early next year to help carry people through after their vision mapping and things like that. that. So. Yeah. You'll have to join me for our vision mapping event. I would the love in-person that. location this year for the Work Hard Smile Large vision mapping is going to be in Austin. So tell me about it. What goes down? So for the last seven years, I had done it with the team and I, my different locations and my vendors would come and my past clients would come and some of my friends would come. Um, and I used to have my past client, Sandra, lead it. Um, and she's now on real estate. And so she would sometimes come and lead it because she's the one that introduced it to me. Mm. Then I started leading it and then it just kind of started growing. There were more and more people that want to do it. And then when I would have start having the team come back to it, when we were hitting goals, not hitting goals, market was changing, things were changing. I'm like, well, let's look at the vision map. Like, look at your vision map. Let me look at mine. Let's recenter where we want to be at the end of this year. Let's look at this and make sure we're working on the appropriate goals because we set our path. Yep. We believe in ourselves like we can do this. And then um, when Work Hard, Small Arts started, I was doing a bunch of little events. And so when I went to do vision mapping with the team in 2022, it was just such a busy time. And I said, you know what? We're not going to be able to do it until January. And then I was talking to some of my, the team, my social media manager, and I'm like, let's just make it bigger this year. Let me make it a Work Hard, Small Large event. And then I got some feedback from somebody that's known me throughout my career that I've supported a few times. And, well, I don't know how you're going to make it happen. I don't know how I can help you and this and that. And there was just some negative kind of feedback. So I was like, oh, you did that. Like, can you explain this to me? And that really was my drive. I said, you know what? It's helped these people. Work hard, smile large needs to get out there. And that's the whole reason why I've done vision mapping. I want people to know it's hard work, but they can smile at the end of it. And I put it out into workplace for all of my entire brokerage that I'm at. And we got a lot of following from that. And then I got a couple of guest speakers to lead a couple of the sections. Um, so we'll do that again this year. We're actually, I'm hoping to have a male, a male speaker speak about it because when I was listening to him on a panel this year, he started talking about his vision map when he was little and he founded mm. his parents' house recently. Oh, cool. I know. So That's we have so to cool. have him on. So I get a couple of people to lead a couple of the sections. I create the templates. We have all the the lead up curriculum of what what to gather if you're going to be virtual and joining us virtually because you're not in Austin um, and what what to prepare. I have the templates for what we put on the back of it, the different buckets, spirituality, family, you know, um, business, health, travel, all the different little buckets that we want to pour into and, and guide ourselves on with our vision for the next year. And then we finish it out. I have a magic letter. So everybody gets a blank piece of stationery. That's part of your supplies that you have to come with. And I have everybody, once we're done being led through it and kind of really have our it drafted, you don't have to have all your collage and everything done at that specific time, you know, because you always can add to that. So remember that you can always add to your vision map. Um, but everybody writes a letter to themselves based on everything they wrote on there. They imagine themselves a year later and they write a letter to themselves and close it up and seal it and send it to us, self-addressed envelope. They send it to us and I send it back to everybody a year later. Oh, I love that. And that what's really made it special how cool yes so yes so it's going to be bigger and better this year and it's going to help more people and and this year we this in 2023 we actually led a youth vision mapping event where i had some of our older youth ambassadors come and speak to the younger youth ambassadors and it was virtual and in person and i have had friends of mine who have done vision mapping with me for several years that are in the industry have their children do the youth vision mapping this year with them and i've had so much feedback from these children accomplishing what's on their vision map and 
setting goals to themselves and accomplishing it alongside their parents or whatnot and talking to their friends in their community about their vision map and what they the goals they set for themselves. And I'm talking kids that are in like second grade. That's so cool. Yes. And wow. it's been boys and girls. And it's been really, I never could have thought when I started vision mapping with the team and I, that I would be where I'm at today with Work Hard, Smile Large and have the youth ambassadors and the children that were, you know, impacting daily and inspiring daily be so guided by that as well. So again, bridging that gap in time and stuff like that is so powerful. So you have to join us on the I vision mapping. You to. have to do it. Your husband can to. do it. Deal. My husband always like laughed at my vision map, not laughed at him. He would always look at my vision map and comment on some of the stuff I'd put on it and feel really special because his picture was always on it and stuff like that. But this year when he was a part of the process and a part of the youth vision mapping, it really impacted him. I'm sure it, it did. It really did. And when you're teaching youth to start doing that and to start implementing those things in their lives at a young age, yeah. I think you're setting them up for success later in life. Really are. Because if I haven't done any of it until I'm 30, it can help me for the next 30 years. But imagine somebody doing it at 10. It's going to impact them so much. And what if you can take a course and do something with I was the youth and do that. an event? Because I bet you we could help you out with that. It'd be very cool. Yeah. I there's think a that's, lot of possibilities. That's there's, for sure. Yes. So this season is planning season for me, <laughs> even Love. though everybody is so excited. Kids are back in school and the holidays are coming. I go into, oh my gosh, what do I want 2024 to be like? I'm the exact same way. So we're going to have to stay in touch. Deal. And we're going to get our listeners, um, we're going to give them a promo code. Yes. So if you are listening, there will be a promo code in the description. Yep. Jordan's going to. You'll get 20% off the course of Fundamentals of Confidence. And you can jump in both feet. Yeah. Keep in touch with her. Follow her podcast. Yes, please do. Please, because she speaks just as sweet and kind and humble on her podcast as she does here with me today. So Thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on everything that you have set out to do and accomplish and everything that you will accomplish. Um, what is a life motto that you live by? Ooh, my life motto is to be a light in dark places. And I think that the topics that I talk about are really dark places for people personally. So I try and bring a light and an ease and just give people love and respect and value them. That's all we really want. That is so beautiful. I would have like I have not even heard that ever anywhere. And I think it's so unique to you and so powerful for what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it really drives everything that I do just because I think that's my purpose here. That's what I was made to do. And so trying to figure out how I can implement that in just daily conversations or through business or with the relationships that I have in my life. I think it's just why I'm here. It's for for every purpose. Yep. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you all for listening. Um, We will have all of her information, the promo code, everything. If you have any questions or anything, you can always contact us at Work Hard Smile Large. Thank you so much for joining me. (laughs) Of course. Welcome to the Work Hard Smile Large podcast, where we explore the outcome of hard work and the power of positivity in our daily lives. In each episode, we'll delve into the benefits of maintaining a positive mindset hear inspiring stories, and provide tips for cultivating smiles around us. We will highlight healthy habits and living a full life while giving focus to various lifestyles that shine bright in this world as we collaborate with each unique guest to help spread the work hard, smile large vibe. Now is the time to come together, pour into others, and have the youth we mentor and influence daily inspire their peers to become WHSL Youth Ambassadors too. This podcast is here to support you on your journey and bring others together to build their dreams, achieve goals, and determine what we all want our legacies to be. So sit back, relax, and get ready to embrace the work hard, smile large vibe.